0: We welcome you to the media ministry of Denton Bible Church. Our speaker today is the senior pastor, Tom Nelson. What we have here by the time we get to Mark chapter 4, we have got a new perspective. We saw that in the parables, in the pivot of his ministry in chapter 4. We're going from the Jew to the mystery of the church age that will be the remnant of Israel, not the whole nation, but the remnant of Israel, and then the Gentiles. Parable of the sower, parable of the seed, parable of the mustard seed. And so we have a new perspective, Jew, to the Gentile. Someday we're going to have the second coming back to the Jew. In between this cross and this crown is going to be a valley of the church age that you can't see unless you're at the cross. And so with a new perspective, with the world in view now we're going to have a new direction in his ministry he's going to do a miracle over some jews the 12 apostles on the sea and then he's going to go to a gentile we're going to go to the gerasene demoniac we're going to go to the other side to the decapolis to where the greeks were jew gentile and then we're going to return and do a miracle among the Jews. Jew, Gentile, Jew. So let's watch this acorn of what is about to be the church age, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, a rapture will occur, the tribulation, and the second coming to Israel. Verse 35 says on that day when evening came, he said to them, let's go to the other side. The other side means to the Gentiles. The other side was called the Decapolis, Decapolis, ten cities. And they were Gentile cities. If you've ever been to Israel, you've been to Beit Shan; That was the leading one. And so you boys and I are about to go to the Gentiles. Here in a little bit, he's going to say, make disciples of all nations. He's going to say, you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the earth. Here's the acorn. We're going to the other side. Now, this must have been tough for these 12. Good lesson here. Because as Peter said, I have never eaten anything unclean. We're about to go where there's a bunch of pigs. A lot of bacon. A lot of chitlins. We're going to go to where... Uh, as Peter said to uh, Cornelius, you know that it is illegal, unlawful for a Jew to eat with a Gentile. We're going to the other side. In the same way, it must have been hard for them to sit down and eat with tax collectors. Make a note. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to go where Jesus goes. And as high are the heavens are above the earth, so high are his ways, higher than ours. You're going to have to add venture, venir, to go, add out. If you're going to go with Christ, you're going to add venture. Bill Bright of Campus Crusade he used to say that he loved the Christian life. That was the adventure of knowing and serving Jesus Christ. You're going to learn things that nobody else knows. He's going to make physical demands on you. He's going to make social demands on you. He's going to make moral demands on you that you have never known. And so, you boys are about to get culturally stretched. We're going to the other side. He doesn't ask for volunteers. He says, let's go. So, in verse 35... I want you just to write down the word mission. We're going to have missions. The gospel is not just sent to the Jew. In your seed shall the nations be blessed. Israel is set aside in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, The world goes out at the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter uh, 10 and 11. God creates Adam the father of all men in Genesis chapter uh, 1 and 2. The flood destroys all flesh in Genesis 6 through 9. God is an everybody God. Israel is the vehicle, the steward of his grace. The church now is the vehicle and steward of his grace. But we're not simply the end. God so loved the world We're going to the world. Under verse 36, I want you to write down a number two and put down the word error. E-R-R-O-R. We have an error. Verse 36, leaving the crowd, they took him. Verse before, he said to them. Verse 36, they took him along with them in the boat. Just as he was. Jesus, get in the boat. Don't pack or anything. We're in charge. Peter, Andrew, James, John, we both got fishing businesses. We live out here. You're a carpenter. You work with stone and wood. We're men of the sea. We've all grown up in this area, except Judah's. We've all grown up in this area. We know the sea. Uh, you're a little bit removed in Nazareth. We know the sea. We're Capernaum. We're Bethsaida. We're in the area of Tiberias. Come on. We know the sea. And we know the other side. And so come on with us. In other words, we're in charge. We've got this. They're giving the orders because of their confidence, because of their confide, faith with themselves, confidence. Can this ever happen, that God gives a command to his people of what to do, and then we do it in our own energies? Can that ever happen? How do you think this narrative is going to end? Uh, John chapter 15 Jesus said it like this. Stay with me. Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless, the, unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. The word abide you know, means to uh, continue, to dwell It means, don't just believe in me and then head off on your own and make me the spectator of what you're going to do. You continue in this relationship of faith and obedience and trust. I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As Howard Hendricks used to say, the Greek word nothing means nothing. And so he says, don't y'all believe in me and, and accept me as Savior and then stick me in the back of the boat and you go do this life thing on your own. And that's what they want to do. I can't tell you the times that I have seen young ministers. They go to seminary, they learn their stuff, And they head off in the confidence of their learning, their intelligence, their doctrine, their fundamentalism. And they're going to do it themselves. They will simply call upon God to help them. You know, Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. You can help. I'll make you a fellow worker. But I'll build it. And so young ministers head off. And they get in winds and waves, and they think they're perishing, and they call upon Christ, and he solves it. And then he looks to them and says, you, why are you afraid? Why do you have no faith? And they get a deeper understanding. What manner of man is this? Literally, what country is he from? He is an alien. He is so above us. And so, they're going forth in self-confidence. That's the error. What's about to happen is God's going to vaporize their self-confidence. When there will arise suddenly a fierce, gale of wind with waves breaking present tense continuous over the ship their confidence is stripped how many miracles does christ do over fish fishing wind waves he'll talk to the waves walk on the waves twice he'll call all the fish to the net he'll catch one fish with just a hook and no bait He will feed the multitude with loaves and fishes. He does seven miracles over the ocean. Because that's what these fishers of men, that was their field of expertise. And he lets them know, you can't do this on your own. You think you know the ocean and fish and fishing, but you don't. I know if there's a fish down below with a stator in his mouth that you're gonna cook and pay your, you're gonna catch it and, catch, and pay your taxes. But you don't know fishing. I can tell you to throw your net on the right side of the boat after we have fished all night and caught nothing and I'll bring every fish in the ocean into your net so that you can't pull it into the boat and if you do, your boat will sink. I'm in total control. And so you are going to have to continue, may know, you're going to have to abide in me and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Moment by moment, you're going to have to trust in me. Paul said, for this purpose I strive according to his power that mightily works within me. And so we have a mission and then we have an error. We're going to do this. You get in the back of the boat and take a nap. We're in control. And verse 37, write down the word correction. C-O-R-R-E-C-T-I-O-M. Correction. Verse 37, there arose, meaning suddenly. Question, is that life, you old guys? There arose, boom, out of nowhere. Sea of Galilee, though, evening time, the air can rise, the warmer air rushing, the cooler air rushes in through the valleys, and it can turn it into a cauldron real quick, and that's life. There arose. God can use life to discipline us, to teach us, that I'm not a spectator. I'm your life. I'm the vine. All life is in me. I don't need you. You need me. I choose to express my life through you, but I don't need you. I can break you off, get another one. I can make fruit all day, not you. You leave me for a moment, and you're a dead man. And so there arose suddenly Verse 37, a fierce gale of wind and the waves, that's the result of winds, are breaking over the boat. The boat was already filling up, breaking, filling. It's, we're going to die here in just a moment. The Apostle Paul said of winds, we're no longer to be children tossed there and here here and there by winds and, by winds and waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Uh, I'm going to extrapolate. I hope this is true. It's true elsewhere. I hope it's true here. I've always seen this as in life there are winds and waves. There are, Ephesians 4, winds of doctrine. The trickery of men, craftiness and deceitful scheming. There is communism, there is secularism, there is humanism, there is uh, the critical race theory, there is communism, there is existentialism, there is fascism, there is all kind of isms that come and go by men. Let no one take you captive through philosophy and empty deception. There are winds stirring up the great sea. And as a result, there are waves the results of this error that come our way. Uh, I think that this is what happens when you head off into missions. You encounter the world and their ideas, their errors, their sins, their debauchery. Romans 1, where they replace God with their own reasonings and end up in debauchery, where they applaud the evil. Uh, and they condescend and punish the good. That's life. And so their ship is filling up, and they're on the way to a mission work. They've got to learn this. Have you ever read the book of Acts? As these men head off, not in the symbol, but in the substance of missions. And as they head off in the book of Acts, chapter one and following, land sakes, By the time we get to chapter 13 and we go out to to, uh, Antioch and then to the world and Damascus and Europe and Asia and Rome, gracious, there are winds and waves. W-I-F-D, WIFT. That's Acts 1 through 8. They are warned by the Jews, speak no more. Then they keep speaking and they're imprisoned. We told you to speak no more. They keep on and they take them and they flog them. W-I-F, warning, imprisonment, flogging. And then Stephen dies and James dies. And Peter would have died, but he is rescued by God. Warning, imprisonment, flogging, and death. Whiffed. Israel whiffed. And that's what these apostles have to enter into. There are storms. The apostle Paul, he put it like this. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, hunger And thirst, uh, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure upon me of concern for all the churches. So had Paul been through winds and waves? Do you know how many imprisonments, jail times, put on prison ships, they put in Roman jails and Caesarean jails that Paul had been in, seven of them, because they regarded him as an enemy of the nation and an enemy of the state, seven times. Yet God stood with me and delivered me that the proclamation might be fully accomplished and all the Gentiles might hear. God said early in his ministry, he will be my anointed vessel to preach my word among the Gentiles. God did it. But boy, between then and there, there were winds and waves. And so, winds and waves can vaporize your self-confidence. I had a good buddy, was it? It was a state champion high school football coach. Turning point in his life came is when he had a heart attack in his garden. And he said, I knew it was a matter of the tick of the clock till I was dead. And he got brought around. From that time on, he said, me and God were like this because he said, God sent me a wake-up call that you might think you're in control. But if the lub and the dub don't synchronize, in one second, you've got a Volkswagen on your chest and your life is gone. He said, me and God got real close. The Apostle Paul said, pray for us that the word of God might run and spread rapidly and that we might be delivered. From uh, false and evil men. For not all have faith. But God is faithful. And he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians 1-3. through 3. Pray that the word will run. But pray that God will deliver us from perverse and evil men. For not all have faith. But God is faithful. Are you with me? We have let me get my notes. We have a mission. We have the air of self-confidence. And we have the correction of life. Life will teach you to trust God. Verse 38. Write down the word failure. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and they said, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? He's in the back of the boat because that's where they put him. They're they're like this. We're going to go to the other side and do some missions. We got this. I've got the spiritual command. But in the real world down here, now I'm in charge. You'll be good about the souls of these lost men. You're good about teaching the mysteries of the church and handling the word of God. But down here, on everyday life, I've got that in in charge. Francis Schaeffer used to say that we consider it in the upper story, God, the Bible, the soul, immortality, heaven and hell. God is is, is of utmost importance. But down here, marriage, kids, money, life, Health, the lower story that I can touch and feel, that's my domain. We get a divided sense of reality upper story, lower story. Meaning, mechanics. I'm in charge. God says, Are you really? Jesus is asleep on the cushion. Does that remind you of somebody? Jonah, on the way to mission work at Nineveh, is asleep. Do you not care that we're perishing? Verbatim quote to the captain of the ship, to Jonah on the way to missions. Jonah on the way to missions. Jesus on the way to missions. Storm, storm because of of Jonah's disobedience. Storm because of the apostles' disobedience. Captain said to Jonah, don't you care that we're perishing? Jonah said, frankly, no. I don't like my life, I don't like you, and I don't like these Ninevites. They said to Jesus, don't you care? Jesus said, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Even though you think you're in charge, even though you put me at the back of the boat where you can't see me, My buddy, Mike Spencer on staff, he said it like this. The storm that rose up was put down because the one that was put down rose up. I wish I'd have said that, but that's good. Well, we have here, make a note. We have failure. Among these guys that were going to be the heroes, before they succeed, They have to fail. These are the guys that have been taught, verse 33 and 34, in privately by Jesus what nobody else knew. They're pretty good on theology, they're bad on day to day living. Abide in me. I was once doing a Promise Keepers conference. And there was a fellow that was praying before we started. He was an old fellow. And he said, God, we want to lean so much on you that if you make one move, we'll all fall flat. That's got to be our relation to God. I cannot tell you how many times that myself and Mel and our elders... Jim Roberts, Gene, Wilburn, Jack Manus, Ray McFarlane, Dan, Hefley, Warren, Nystrom, Manny Desai, Paul, Dean, and all the guys we got now, about how many times that we got down on our knees and said, God, you're going to have to take us one more step at a time. You're going to have to carry us through. The Lord is faithful. Storms can teach you that. And so Jesus stands up even though the men failed. Y'all feel better? Because our lives are lives of having to be corrected and our self-confidence, of having upper story, lower story, God's in charge, we're in charge, and God having to come down where we are. They failed, you failed. Some of you out there are failing this morning. But God is good. Can I get an amen? God is good. Well, he stood up and he said, hush, that's to the winds. Be still, that's to the waves. Cause and effect, hush, be still. Why over the sea? At the creation, it says, God put a boundary on the sea and said, hither you shall come and no further. The psalmist said the sea raises up its roaring waves. But it stops where God tells it to. Israel came out of captivity and went through the sea. The children of Israel went through the Jordan River. And it was at flood stage and it went backwards. We have to go sometimes through the sea of circumstance. Jonah threw himself in because he was sinful. The sea went calm. Jesus was thrown in to the sea because he was obedient and the sea went calm. Well, in verse 39, write down the word grace. And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. The wind died down and the sea became perfectly calm. It's one thing for the wind to stop. That might be a coincidence. But the waves keep on rolling in. He not only made the wind stop, he made the waves stop. He can not only stop the cause, he can stop the effect. He can stop the turbulence. If he is so pleased, if it has worked its will, we exult in our tribulations because tribulation brings about endurance and let it have its perfect result that you might prove perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It will go on as long as the good physician is pleased. There are lessons to be taught. And so a great calm occurred. Can his power still calm the winds and the waves? I can't tell you in my prayer book, that I began May the 15th, 1985, till the present, I can go back through it and look at winds and waves. And I have to be reminded now of what they were because I prayed and they flattened out. He can walk upon the sea. Well, in verse 40, write down the word reproof. In verse 40, even though I can solve the problem, I need to deal with the bigger problem and that's not the circumstance. I've got to deal with you and you're wanting to play God. You're not taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You're not realizing that God has put all things underneath his feet and given him his head over all things. I can make one fish, swallow one coin, bite one hook, and pay your taxes. I can bring every fish into the net. I can multiply the fish. I can stop the winds. I can walk on the waves. I'm in complete charge. The book of Revelation says that in the eternal state, There shall no longer be any sea, as we think, a massive sea. It's always the place of fearfulness, trepidation, where you can't see the bottom. It's unfathomable and dark. There will be no sea. Now, God treads upon the seas. And so he gets up and he gives reproof. I think it reads like this. Verse 40, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You of all people. I can see everybody else, not you. Because I was speaking the word to you as far as you could understand. And I didn't speak to you without a parable. And I I explained everything privately. You knew the mind of God. I didn't say to you, we're going to go out in the middle of the sea and die. I said, let's go to the other side. And if I say we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. We're not going to perish. If I said to Paul, You're going to go to the ends of the earth and speak to the kings of the Gentiles, I'm going to get you there. You may have to get shipwrecked, stoned, die, brought back from the dead, shipwrecked, snake bit, and brought there, but I'll get you there. Why were you fearful? You're going to have to trust me in your circa stance the stuff surrounding you, you've got to trust me that I'm with you and I can take care of you. And that's the reproof. Why are you so scared? I can handle the circumstance, but that's not my main concern. It's you. I'm not just going to use you to preach. I want you to abide in me. And then I'll use you who abide in me to bear much fruit. John 15. Are you with me? In verse 41, write down the word growth. G-R-O-W-T-H. And they became very much afraid. They found out we're more afraid of him than we were of the 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 ocean. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Throw me in the fiery furnace. We're not afraid of you. We're afraid of God. We fear the Lord. They became very much afraid. And they said to one another, Who then is this? I am told it literally means from what country? Is he? We've never seen anything like him. We have nothing to compare to him. Read Proverbs 30, verse 1 through about 4. See if it looks familiar. What is his name or his son's name? This one who quiets, the wind, and walks upon the waves and wraps it in his garment. This God, what is his name or his son's name? Surely you know, smart guy. Now, this is somebody that is above us. We've never seen anything like him. And so, who then is this that the winds and the waves obey him? I thought I knew him, but I don't. And it took circumstance to teach me this. And once we learn this, we're someday going to have a guy named Peter sleeping between two guards with a gate on the inside, a guard on the outside, a guard inside, a guard outside, threatening to come and kill him. And Peter's going to be asleep between two guards in the stern of the boat Because he's learned I can trust God. What are the lessons? Number one, we're going to the other side. We're going to go where no man has gone before. That's Captain Kirk. But we're going to go where no man has gone before. Secondly, you can't have self-confidence and go there. We're not hired guns who preach, we are branches who rest. Number three, as we go to our mission in life, you will have winds and waves suddenly come up. It's not the exception, it's the norm. Number four, trials vaporize false confidence. Number five, Christ is in the boat with us. Even if we have ignored him and he can say, hush, be still and it will become like Walden Pond when he is pleased. Number six, he will do so in spite of us. When we screw it up, He's still there to rise. Can I get an amen? Our lives are a history of failure. Number seven, verse 36 says, other boats went with them. The other boats didn't continue. Trials not only vaporize self-confidence, they run off the curiosity seekers. And number eight, trials will teach you who God really is. They learned in verse 34, from private of revelation and illumination. They learned in this miracle, through pain and through fear. Let's continue on faithful. God doesn't want us to have an upper story and a lower story. If you look at the life of our Lord, you see him speaking about heaven, the resurrection, angels, Satan, demons, heaven and hell, the souls of men. We see him praying to God and talking to God. We see him in an exchange With God that is like breathing. And yet in the next breath, he can say, women, bring your children to me. Woman with the issue of blood, touch me. Blind Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? I want to receive my sight. Bring him to me. The woman who weeps over his feet, go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. There is no upper store or lower store with Jesus. He moves between the worlds with such ease. He worked as the carpenter's son. He was the ladies' man that all women, no matter who they were, loved him and just congregated about him. People could crowd around him so you couldn't get in. They would push him off the ocean so he had to get on a boat. They would lower him through the seas He could talk with people at a meal, talked with tax collectors. There's no this and that with Jesus. Every thought was captive to the obedience of God. Are we there yet? I'm not. You're not either. But God wants us to be. The art of abiding in Christ. So we have seen great miracles. Jew, Gentile, Jew. And now we're going to see direction. We're going to the other side. Next week, we're going to encounter a garrisoned demoniac. And you're going to see among the common man what in Nebuchadnezzar, who went insane, we saw in presidents, kings, and leaders. A culture gone crazy. See you next week. I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the miracle of your word and the miracle of your will. Go with us now. Watch over us this Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, amen.